Welcome to another episode of Ron Garvick Unleash. Thank you for joining me this morning. I know you have better things to do, but you stop and sit down and have the opportunity to watch this video and learn from the biggest and brightest stars right now in this world. My special guest that we have coming on today, she's a best-selling author. She's awesome. She's a speaker, a motivational speaker. She can uplift you and she can help you talk about things in your life that you can overcome to be the better version of yourself. Guys, I'm pleased to have her on this show because she has been a good friend of mine and we've only known each other for about six months. I had the opportunity to meet this young lady at a conference in San Antonio, Texas. And the funny thing is, is I went and checked. I went to the ATM downstairs in the lobby to check out what uh, my balance was. And I come around and the, the elevator doors open up. And this young lady walked out of the door. And I said, are you here for the conference? She says, yes, I am. And I said, I'm going to go and get myself a tea. Would you like to go with me? She said, sweet tea. And I said, no, ma'am unsweet tea that's one thing that we disagree on i love my unsweet she loves her sweet i'm down here in texas she's up there in colorado but we had the opportunity to walk to the event center where they were having the conference and we had a great conversation we talked about life we talked about our family we talked about our losses we talked about our wins we talked about her books that she's written in the book that i was uh, about to have least in uh, the next couple of months and we just sat and had a conversation and felt this great relationship and I'm proud to have her on the show today. She's also going to be a speaker at the Bomb City Leadership Growth Conference here in Amarillo the 10th and the 11th at the Sharpened Iron Studios. And if you don't know what Sharpened Iron Studios is, it's going to be the new Hollywood. People are leaving Hollywood now and coming to Amarillo, Texas to start doing movies due to the fact is we all know the stuff that's going on in California. But we're the middle of New York City in Amarillo, Texas. I mean, New York City in LA, California. So it's, it's a great privilege to be able to have this conversation with her and have her come on stage so she can share her wealth of knowledge to you guys. She could talk about her life and the stuff that she had to overcome, but I'm going to let her talk about that. But she's going to be a guest or a guest, a speaker, guest on today and a speaker at the conference. This episode is brought to you by Street Volkswagen of Amarillo. If you need a new car, because there's hardly any out there, we got them. Check us out at www.streetvw.com. That's www.streetvw.com. Amarillo, Texas, November 10th and 11th. Ron Garverick, Unleashed. Street Volkswagen and Automotive Architect Academy presents... 
Bomb City Leadership Growth Conference. Hear from some of the best entrepreneurs in the world. Learn about leadership, self-confidence, having a positive mindset, marketing yourself, self-discipline, finding the real you. Bomb City Leadership Growth Conference is brought to you by Ron Garverick, Amazon best-selling author of the book, Finding the Real You. Don't miss hearing speakers such as Roy Davila, Duran Cage, Tawny Lee, John Lucky Luciano, Brad Blazer, Aubrey McKinley, and Ron Garverick. This November 10th and 11th in Amarillo, Texas. Contact Ron Garverick for more details at rongarverickspeaker at gmail.com or rongarverick.com. Listen up, listen up. Are you ready to get your cage rattled? Are you ready to reach the next level of success? Are you ready to learn how to make money and live a financial freedom life and not a monthly budget? Do you want to open your mind to a positive mindset? Do you want to learn more, be more, and achieve more? Do you need help finding the real you? Broadcasting around the world. Around the world. You're listening to Ron Garverick Unleashed. Welcome to Ron Garverick Unleashed. I'm your host, Ron Garverick. We got a special guest coming on today. She's phenomenal. She's inspiring. She motivates the heck out of me. And she will never let me fall. She's a great friend, and I'm glad to have her on the show today, Miss Tawny Lee. How are you doing this evening or this evening? I usually do my podcast in the evening, so how are you this morning? I'm doing awesome this morning. I don't know about this evening. <laughs> well, you know, I've had you on the show because not only are you going to be a guest speaker at the Bomb City Leadership Growth Conference, but the connection, the relationship that we have, we're two different people in two different areas with two different lives. and when we were sharing our stories together, it was somewhat similar. And so just introduce yourself to the, to the audience and let them know a little bit about yourself and, and why you wanted to become a motivational speaker and talk about your books. I want you to talk about your books also. Okay. Well, um, I just have to say that your introduction was just amazing because, um, when I think of you, I always think of seeing you right off the elevator too. And then we go and I have my sweet tea. And of course you had your um, unsweet tea, but um, yeah, we, we enjoyed a good time together. And that just shows you that God brings people together for a reason. Um, we never know at that time that he um, eventually shows us. So it was an honor to meet you and it's an honor to be on your show today. Hey, I am Tommy Lee and I am a survivor. I am a warrior. Um, I am a daughter of the Most High King and I truly love my Jesus. And I would not have made it this far had it not been for him. He is my heavenly husband and he takes and guides me and protects me. And he brought me through many, many journeys and it's his story to share now. So um, I... I uh, had an abortion when I was uh, younger, even after I had two children, 
that journey has been absolutely amazing in the healing process. I would have never, ever dreamt that it would have been such an amazing healing, um, being able to have a vision of my little girl in heaven um, with Jesus chasing butterflies is absolutely astounding and is something that I cherish and I hold. And I named her Melissa and Melissa Lee, and she has become a part of my life, just like my other two children, like my grandchildren. And that has caused a great deep healing in my life. Um, I don't think I would have come to the healing of that had I not went through all of the other stuff. So, you know, everything is a journey. Everything is a stepping stone and um, everything in our life happens for a reason. And it does. And the, and the funny thing is, we don't realize that till we stop blaming God for things that are happening in our life because he gives us what we he knows that we can handle and one of the stories that that i shared with you is when i was in high school i was a senior in high school and i got a girl pregnant and i was going to fight like hell to make sure that we had the opportunity to keep this baby but i just turned 18 she just turned 16 so the family she still lived with her family so they forced her to have an abortion so um it was hard. I mean, my first semester in school, I, I, I flunked my government. And they were telling me, if you don't pass government your first semester, you're not going to be able to graduate. And so they gave me an opportunity to take a college class from the University of Missouri. It had the same book and everything that we had in high school to be able to take your government and pass. And I passed it with an A+. plus, So I was able to graduate. But the, the thing, and we won't talk about it a lot, but the thing that having an abortion can, can screw up your mindset, can screw up your, your thinking, and it can and put a person in depression, not, a, not only for the, the individual that's having the abortion, but it's for the person that shared this, this life with, with that person. And, you know, we, we separated not not too long after that because of the heartache because of the shame because of what was going on so i can i can relate to you on that part mm -hmm. I can relate to you on what you were feeling but you've wrote some books yes i have and um my fourth one is called healing broken women which um goes over the 12 steps and that's through my recovery that that i have done and stuff and you know um and I think writing the book was a big, big part of my healing too. You know, and we've talked about the fact that um, I don't, I don't know about, you know, um, Melissa's dad, whether, you know, sperm donor, whatever you want to call him, because I ended up marrying him. Right. Um, it was never discussed. It was never, I know that one time we went and uh, we went to the, um, the garden angel, which um, Richard Paul Evans, um did and it's from his books and stuff in his story but he he does that everywhere um puts an angel in the cemetery for those that have lost a child and we went there you know and that was a part of the healing for me but the deepest healing is has just come from you know talking with other people about it and you know sharing what god has done in my life and stuff and 
you know, it's been amazing too that all of this, this pro-life and, you know, Roe v. Wade and all of that has changed. And now it's such a big thing. And meeting Miss um, Jody LaBelle was, was a godsend as well because of the song that she has written about saving the unborn child. So God had a purpose and a reason for all of it that's happened and the healing end. And you know, the, the good thing is you're able and you're strong enough to go out there and share your story. Because there's other people out there that have the same things that are going on in their life. They have the same the same problems, and they don't know how to overcome them. They don't know how to deal with them. They, and so they get hooked on, on medicine. They get pills. They, they find themselves deeply depressed, and they're drinking alcohol, and they're just ruining, ruining their lives. And the thing is, there's help out there. There's there's some places that are help that they they got a certificate, they got a diploma saying that they're certified to help you out. But in all reality, I don't think that's the kind of help that people need. I think they need help from people that have experienced it. Not people that got a, a book. They start reading books in college and, and minored or majored in that subject. And then they could tell you, Tawny, I really, I really understand what you're going through. I really understand how you feel. And then you go see yourself a psychiatrist. And she comes up to you and says, I'm going to prescribe you a medicine that's going to help you with this. Right. And I want you to understand that it will relieve all the tension and relieve all the pain. But that's not what we need. We need people that that have experienced it, has overcame it, and how and has a solution for it. And I believe that's what you're doing. You have this sweet voice that people can listen to you and understand no matter what. When no matter what you've went through, you still understand and you still want to pay it forward and help people. Now I've never asked you before. You could tell me, did you have that help or did you have to do it on your own? Um, I did not have help. I did not seek help because I was so ashamed of myself. I was so overwhelmed with guilt because I had two children, right? And I was a Christian. I knew exactly what I did. I murdered a little baby. I mean, that's what I did. I went to the doctor giving in and I allowed that to happen. So I carried that for 30 years. Um, There was times that I tried to talk about it and I couldn't. I I mean, it just, it, it overwhelmed me so much. I could not. And if you don't deal with something, right, it just stays in there. I mean, it doesn't bother you or, you know, anything like that. Right. Wrong. (laughs) Because it does. Because, you know, too, um, within just a couple of years of all of that, I ended up having to get a hysterectomy because my my whole uterus was just such a mess, the whole inside. Well, you know, I wonder why, right? And my mind. I mean, I, I had anger for so long. And, gee, I wonder why, right? So, yeah, when when you talk to someone just like we talked, 
I mean, it was so amazing to talk to you. And there was one other gentleman that I had met the previous sticker shock that had went through the same thing. And I had never talked to a gentleman that had gone through it and felt similar to what I did. Right. The loss. It was like, no, it was something that, you know, should have happened or whatever. So to, to know that there's a male out there, a gentleman out there that is also having sorrow and pain. I mean, that, that just made me connect with them so much better. And to me, that is what the world needs. It's not somebody, like you say, that's sitting there reading from the book saying, well, this is how you should process it. This is what you should do. No, I want someone that's going to understand me in right. all aspects. And yes, that is exactly why God has called me to do what I am doing because I have been through so many things in my life and I am not going to let the enemy steal it away. If God is going to use it for his glory, for healing broken women, for healing others. Yeah, that's what I want to do with it. And the good thing is, is there's, you're not alone. You're strong. No. You know how to handle all that has been given to you. But, you know, you reflect back, you reflect back and say the baby would have been 23 years old this year and they would almost been out of college. And because I got a daughter, I got a daughter, she's 19 years old. She has uh, her own little baby mm -hmm. and, you know, you, you sit back and you're like wondering how would she be as a big sister? Or a big brother or whatever. And it, it, so you always reminisce, but you don't, you, you forgive the situation, but you don't forget. Right. But what stuff like that just makes you stronger every day. It makes you stronger to be a better person. And yep. you take a loss and you learn from it and you move on. See, I, I when I started, I didn't want to go to college. And you know my story that that I wanted to go to Hollywood and become an actor and stuff like that. But if I had to go to college, I went and I was going to major in psychology. And they said, well, you got to take like 12 years of college just to get a PhD. And I was thinking, and I know more now than I know then, but it, I was thinking, man, 12, year, 12 years of college, I just got 12 years out of high school or out of <laughs> basic school. Great. I don't, I don't, think I want to go to school for 12 years to learn and hear people's problems. I wouldn't have known what to say to people that have been through stuff, going through the textbooks. I know what to say to people when it comes to loss, death, yeah. suicide. I know what to say to people like that because I've experienced it. I've either had thoughts about suicide. I, I've, you know, my, my father passed away. My grandmother passed away. People that I love passed away. So I know how to deal with stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I, so when, when stuff like that happens to other people, I know how to react and how to help and how to uh, soothe out the pain. I couldn't have done that in a book. I couldn't have done that reading a textbook and then charging somebody thousands of dollars to write them out a prescription. Mm -mm. So, and I'm not knocking 
their profession. No. But I want to speak to somebody that's been through what I've been through. I want to speak to somebody that has done it and has overcame it and has got to the next level of their life and found the better version of themselves. So in my book, Finding the Real You, that explains it. That Mm -hmm. explains what I went through in my life and how I overcame it. And I still got things being thrown my way. I still got obstacles going my way. We all do. It is just how you carry yourself. Yes, sometimes you have doubts in your mind. Say, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to move on. I'm going to find a different thing in my life. I just can't handle this anymore. But that's just talking. That is just venting, getting it off your chest. Excuse me. And then when you get it off your chest, you're like, that was ridiculous. Why would I have said that? I've fought so long to be the person that I am today to just throw it all away. It doesn't matter if, if... you've had an abortion it doesn't matter if you've had a stroke you're you're addicted to drugs if if you're you know you have something in your life that is life-changing doesn't matter if you have cancer it doesn't it's all in your mindset i'll tell you this my dad he had cancer he was going to go have surgery on his back if he didn't he was going to be paralyzed from the neck down so my father goes and gets all these tests and the surgery doctor says, okay, everything looks like as planned. We're going to proceed doing the surgery tomorrow. The family doctor comes in and says, we got to cancel the whole process, the whole surgery. Dad goes, why? He goes, because I, when we did x-rays on your back, we started to see the figuration in your lungs. And what we determined is we found two grapefruit lumps in your lungs and two in your liver three things are going to happen or three we could do three things but here here's the consequences we can't do radiation because you have it on your liver we can't have surgery and take them out because it will spread the only thing you have left is taking chemotherapy my dad said like hell i'm going to take chemotherapy i do not want to be sick Mm. He takes one, one treatment of chemotherapy. Two days later, he dies. Okay? So here's the deal. When people ask my mom, and, and they used to ask me, it's so sad, how did your dad die? It's so sad, how did your husband die? We used to say he died of cancer. But in all reality, I think if he didn't have the cancer in his lungs are in his liver, I believe that he would have the opportunity to fight it because he loved his family. He had the opportunity to fight it, to go ahead and shrink down the lumps in his lungs and to be able, once it shrunk down, they gave him 12 months to live. He lasted two days. So I believe cancer didn't kill him. He willed himself to death because he knew that in his mind, he was going to be paralyzed from the neck down. He, he was the, the alpha dog. He was the person that was, was there to provide for his family. Not for his family to provide for him. He was a man of honor. And he sit there in his mind knowing, I'm screwed. I'm going to be paralyzed. It's time to go. It's time to go, Heavenly Father. 
Okay. So, I believe that he willed himself to die because he did not want us to take care of him. Yeah, I'm sure. So, two days later, he goes into a coma. He's laying in bed, and he raises his hands up in this coma. Mm -hmm. You go up to him, and you grab his hand, and, hey, Dad, you know, what's going on? Are you waking up? He's not waking up. Throughout the day and night, he's raising his hands and doing this. Now, you can't see it in the screen, but he's raising it higher and doing this. So you keep running up. We don't know what's going on. We think he's trying to get out of his coma. You don't. So later on, the nurse goes, and his his breathing starts getting heavier. And so the nurse said, hey, where's your mom? We're like, we sent her home. She's in a bad mood. She's not taking this very well. Well, you need to call her back. So we call her back, and she says, the thing that he's doing is preparing him to pass. Mm-hmm. So we, we all gather up. We, we go up to him. We tell him our goodbyes. I love you. It's okay to go. Da, 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 da. Mom does it. He doesn't die. <laughs> Saying die means a bad I mean, it's like a negative, but he doesn't pass. My brothers go up to him. It's okay, Dad. Da, da, da. He doesn't pass. I walk up to him. Whisper in his ear, it's okay, Dad. You've lived long enough to make me a man. I'm 21 now. It is okay to go. You take care of things up there. I'll take care of things down here. I love you. He comes out of that coma, looks at me, turns his head, looks at me with a tear rolling down his eye, smiles, and takes his last breath. Now, don't you think that's a little hard on me? throughout the years going, I'm the man that told him, gave him permission to die. Mm-hmm. If I didn't open my stupid mouth, he would have still been here. I had to learn later on. It wasn't that. Yeah. He just needed reassurance right. from his seed, from his own flesh and blood. It was okay to go. Absolutely. So I learned from that. But going back to what I was trying to get to was I think with people that have all these issues, it's all a mindset. It's all a mindset. If you eat right, you won't die of a heart attack. If you exercise, you won't die of a heart attack. If you don't smoke, you won't die of cancer. But there's a lot of people out there that that smoke or don't smoke to get cancer, and that's weird too. But it yeah, it is. <laughs> but I know people, you as well, I know people that have had cancer, that has cancer, that is kicking, excuse my language, cancer's ass. Mm-hmm. They're not giving up because it's all in your mind. That's you right. got cancer, yeah. move on. Live your life. Don't let cancer take you down. And that's what you've done, and I'm very impressed with you. I'm very impressed with what you're going through. And, and our fellow speaker, she's already let it out, our fellow speaker, Audrey McKinley, She's going through this right now. And I told her, you need to get a hold of Tani. You need to talk to Tani. Tani's going through the same thing or went through the same thing. She can help you get this kicked in the booty crack. Yeah, and sadly, we know a lot of people that have, you know, because she also knows. She was the one that that spoke at Mari's um, conference, you know. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah, it breaks my heart, but. It, it is a mindset um, because you're either going to be a victim or you're going to be a bower, yep. right? 
and it's it's a choice and it, everything in life comes to a choice it really really does and i i have never well i can't say i've never been a victim because yeah i have i mean there's there's been several times i just wanted to sit and have my own little pity body and right. it drove me to um suicide which god wouldn't even let me do that you know so um he's got a reason and a purpose yeah because he does he uses all of our ashes and he brings it to beauty for other people. He really, really does. We just have to, to say, be willing. I used to say I was so messed up that when I tried to commit suicide, that it couldn't even I couldn't even it, do that right. Yeah. Couldn't even do that. Yeah. And but it, it but it's such a glory of what he produces in all of us. And you're one heck of a fighter and you're so inspiring. And if you can do it. Anybody can do it, and I don't want to hear any excuses. So my my new saying is, suck it up, buttercup, because if Tony Lee can do it, you can do it too. Yep. You know, and um, when I start, um, you know, like I have my, my women's recovery group, and I tell them, you know, you can come in here as broken as you want, but I'm not going to let you stay there. No. It just won't. No. I mean, I, I will do everything I can. It's ultimately their choice, but um, I will encourage and inspire them as much as I possibly can. Yep. And that's what we need today in society is all this negative stuff going around and people talking bad about other people. And, and if you're doing something good, you're going to have a doubter. You're going to have someone that's, oh, absolutely. that's mm -hmm. going to degrade you and tell you, you know, you're worthless. But it's the people that you hang out with. You are the five. You are the average of the five people you hang out with. Right. So find people that are like-minded as you that will support you thick and thin. And no matter what, they won't judge you. And you'll do great. And that and, and that's what I believe that you do. And through, through your books that you have written, it has been therapeutic. It has helped you. Just like when I wrote Finding the Real You, it mm -hmm. helps you reflect back in your life, your past right. life. It helps you know who you are today and why you are who you are today. So go ahead and share a little bit about your books and why you the why you wrote it. Um well the first one was Prayers to a Heavenly Father and that started um through my journey of recovery because one of the ladies in my group said you know, when she heard my letter to God, she said, have you ever thought about writing a book? Well, I grew up with a grandmother that wrote and I always wrote poems and I would always be writing. It's it's therapeutic for me. I love it. And uh, so that's how that started. And it started through COVID and I sent it in. Don't remember who I sent it into, but got the call and they wanted to publish the book. And then um, before I even finished that one, God had given me the title of the next one, Honoring My Heavenly Father, because that's what I do. I love to honor him. Um, I don't honor him all the time, but I try my very best and because he is the love of my life. And then um, that is when, um, you know, in, in between those is when I met um, Daniel Gomez and uh, he published those. And then during um, one of the sticker shocks is when it came to the fact of, you know, um, the healing, the broken women and, um, yeah, it's that's my life journey there, um, you know, using the 12 steps because that's what worked for me. Um, 
just telling, you know, how, how I went through being married to a divorce and, and divorcing, you know, the, the sex addict and um, not only divorcing him once, but divorcing him twice for the same reason. But, you know, um, just all kinds of things, not having a good relationship with my mother, um, you know, being molested as a child, just all, you know, there's been a lot of things. Yeah, but it's to use God's glory to encourage and to inspire others. That's you know, what it's all about. One thing that I we talk about divorce, and I always tell people, said because I've been recently, uh, I've been divorced for, oh, I think about 11 years. But I used to say, you know why divorces are so expensive? Because they're worth it. That's good. That's so true. You can spend $100 to get married, but you're spending a lifetime to get a divorce. And it's, it's crazy. But um, And my ex-wife and I, we get along now. But it, but then we didn't get along because we shared a child together and, and fighting over custody and whatnot. But one thing, when you were speaking at Sticker Shock back in March, that when I was looking at you and you were telling the story about uh, getting arrested. And in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, that poor soul got mm. arrested. Yeah. And, I, and I couldn't imagine you in an, orange, in an orange jumpsuit or striped jumpsuit or whatever. It was blue and white. Okay, <laughs> blue <me>. and white. <laughs> But it's the story you told of why you think God led you there. Can you please share that piece of absolutely you don't yeah. share the piece about getting arrested, but share the piece about why you now think God sent you into that jail. Yeah. And and who would have thought, right? Um, yeah, because when I'm in there, I mean, I was just treated like I did not expect whatsoever. I mean, I was treated so much better i think than anyone else and um it, it came to um just sitting at the table with this young lady and um she said something about that she needed some help with her paperwork and stuff and she mentioned what her last name was and i said oh i i knew this so-and-so and she goes oh yeah well that was my ex-husband and i was like oh so it was like a mutual friend and um we just sat there and we talked and she had been in there i think this was her third time of being arrested for a DUI and I just shared with her you know God and she could not believe that I was in there either um and so I shared a little bit with her and stuff but just to be there just to share with all of these women you know who God really really is and that he loved them I mean I was in there with someone that um was accused of trying to kill their girlfriend and drugs and you know there were some mess of people but you know, I felt safe and I um, just wanted them to know that they were loved, loved. Like God almighty. Spreading the message. And, yeah. and maybe they needed to hear that at the time due to the fact, that, you know, when you go there, you think you're at the deepest, darkest hole in your life. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I spent five days in jail and promised myself that I'll never go back. And mm -hmm. it wasn't really bad. It was just, I felt like my freedom was taken away. It's but then. Dark. You, you go in there and you start looking around at all these people and you realize that your life is really not that bad compared to theirs. And so sharing the, your story with, with these young ladies and letting them know that God loves them and, and God's there for them, 
that was the reassurance that they needed. That was the reassurance that no matter what you're in right now, God has got your back. He's going to guide you in the right direction so you can get to your final destination. You just got to believe in him and let go and let God. And I believe that is so powerful. And, you know, I've had my, my issues with God in the past, but I think now I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for him because now he's like, now you opened your eyes. Now it's time to start walking forward instead of right. running blind into walls thinking you know the best for yourself. Now if you listen to me, I can guide you in the right direction and get you to the place where you need to be. And I believe two weeks ago on Tuesday when he told me, hey, you need to do a conference, I'm scared as hell. I don't know if anybody's going to show up. And that's that's the freaky part about it. And then being told by people that you uh, – you know, look up to telling you your conference is going to flop. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. And it's fine. You know, I take it in and the old me wants to retaliate and wants to go M&M on them and start spitting fire. But then part of me, God's like, I'm doing that on a purpose. (laughs) I'm doing that to see if you can handle the pressure. Follow me. I will guide you in the right direction. And I promise (laughs) you this conference is going to be phenomenal yes it is and even if it isn't i still got eight great people there that i could share my story with and we could just talk to each other but you know what ron uh even beyond that if nothing happens with that god is going to immensely bless you because you stepped forward in faith and you were obedient to what he asked you to do that's even more, what he even, wanted from you even and more I than I so keep trying to back out. I'm sorry. Even though I keep trying to go, okay, maybe it's not right. Maybe it's not right. Maybe it's not right. I keep getting pushed going. And, and then I get a phone call and say, hey, you know, can I be part of this? And then, then another one, hey, can I be part of this? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but uh, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm trying to back out. And then I get something else. Hey, you know, this is what it's going to be at the event center. And you're like, Okay, you're making it. You're making it tempting. So, even if it flops, and I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to buy a ticket, go ahead, go to my website, rongarvick.com. Scroll down, hit products and programs. Click on the individual ticket for two ninety five. Click on the the uh, group ticket for nine ninety five. Five or more people, go ahead, show up. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. And you know, th- he does have a plan. He does, okay. and I know there's somewhere in the Bible. I don't know where, but I know God has led people to speak to people and, pre- and preach the word yeah. and nobody wanted to listen and greater, bigger and greater things happen for that individual. I know it's in the Bible. I just can't remember who I think that's what he's doing here. And I'm not trying to get all religious or anything, but I believe this is a step of testing my patience, seeing if I found the real me <laughs> and him saying, I got you. I got your back. And I think that's why every one of you on this panel, from Audrey to Brad to Roy to Duran to John to Dan Mason, and for you, have came and said, I want to be part of this. And I, and I joke, it may just be us, but we're going to be part of this. 
Now, change, change the mindset because there's going to be many that show up. There's going to be many that participate because God's going to send them. God is going to start working on their heart right now to purchase oh, it and to attend because there's going to be something huge in store for them. Not uh, just us, but for them. Well, yeah. And yeah, but even if nobody did, I'd still be satisfied with who showed but up. But Ron, mindset. I know. I know. I'm just saying. I know <laughs> no, I'm, sure. gonna I'm, not it as a negative. I'm not saying it as a negative. I'm saying we're going to provide a lot yeah, of content. It's going to be show. awesome. It'd be like a a uh, a mastermind of of us eight or nine or whoever. I I I still get phone calls of people wanting to come. I still get uh, DMs of people wanting to speak, and so it. Awesome. I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to be great. Yeah. I don't know why I expected it to blow up in the first week. You've got to get got to get people's mind going. They got to look at tickets. They got to look at flights and stuff like that. That's fine. That's fine. But. I'm just an impatient person and I want to see action start quickly, but I got to be patient on this. I know he's testing my patience and I mindset. just, gotta, it is, it's all about the mindset, a positive mindset. <laughs> and you know, the, the funny thing is my daughter told me this a while back. She was like, if God isn't answering your prayers in the moment, just remember the teacher doesn't answer during the test. Ooh. Oh, that came from your daughter. That came from who my daughter. Who has been tested like fire lately. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I love that. Okay. Wow. So I'll, I'll live on that one. That, that one was really good. I don't know where she got it, but she sent it to me one day. And she's like, hey, Dad, if God ain't answering your prayers at the moment, just remember the teacher does not answer during the test. That was strong. <laughs> That's strong. That is amazing. Let me, let me ask you a question here. Out of the six fears that we have in our life, poverty, criticism, fearing that you, the person that you love does not love you back, the fear of health, bad health, the fear of getting old, or the fear of dying, which one you have poverty criticism the person that don't love you that you love deeply having bad health the fear of getting old or the fear of dying Ooh, there's two of them that rank way up there poverty and not being loved right and that comes from life circumstances life's experiences right okay yeah. so if i have that fear that means i need to work on me you know, you have losses and you have gains. You have more losses than you do gains. But the good thing is, people say money don't buy happiness. Well, it makes me happy every time I get a paycheck. It makes me happy because I can provide for my family. Mm -hmm. It makes me happy that I can take them on vacations because of the long hours that I work. I've been through the one of loving someone and them not loving you back held 10 times over but i needed to work on me i gotta love myself before i could start mm -hmm. loving everybody else and i believe that's what you're doing you're loving yourself now yeah. in the in the in the future then you'll find after you find the real you that you're going to be able to love somebody that will love you back 
Absolutely. I have one, and it's the fear of dying. Really? People are like, why? God will take you when he, when he takes you. I understand that. 44 years old. I still got things to do. Right. I still have a life to live. I screwed up the last 44 years. <laughs> I need to make it up with the last 44 years. I screwed, you know, alcoholism, womanizing, um, doing right, alcoholism. Okay, I got two, two DUIs. I really wasn't an alcoholic. I just drank socially and got caught. But womanizing, manipulating, telling people that I love them when I really didn't love them to get what I wanted, screwing up my whole life thinking I wanted this, trying to fight God and everything else. So 44 years later, or 20-some plus years later, 25 years later, I'm 44 years old, and it's time to get my head out of my rear end and do what God had me planned to do. So the fear of dying is not, oh, I'm afraid to die and I'll go to heaven and my family will do whatever. No, it's a fear of not accomplishing what God had me to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. When I start letting go and let God, now it's time for me to get back to work to where he wants me to go. So because I know when we all say he knows your life from the day you were born to the day you die. He had everything in between. Is He already has it mapped out on how he wants your life to live. I got to catch up because I know the first part, I didn't live the life that he wanted me right. to live. And just like Ed Milet said, when he dies, you want to die when you go to heaven and meet the person that God had you plan to be and I want to walk up to that person and shake his hand and say to him I'm Ron Garvick it's nice to meet you I've been waiting my whole life for this instead of walking up to the person that God had me plan to be and go hi my name is Ron Garvick it's nice to meet you I've heard good things about you right yeah yeah so that I have and I, I may live to be 120 years old, but I got 44 years to change my life and be the best version of myself and be the person that God planned me to be in the first place. That's my fear. I don't care about poverty. I've lost money. I've lived rock bottom. I've lived in, in park benches, in cars, in, in banded houses. That's fine. Criticism, people are going to criticize you every day, every yeah. part of your life. They're going to tell you you're no good. They're going to Because they're jealousy. The jealousy people that criticize you is because they can't duplicate what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I don't care about criticism. People are always going to doubt me. And if you if you don't have doubters or haters, then you're not doing anything. You're right. not doing right. That's exactly bad health. I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to eat as much as I eat, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to exercise if I don't exercise. I don't care. You know, <laughs> I don't take vitamins. I don't do any of that, and, and I should. But that's not my fear of bad health. I see people all the time at work. They're, you know, one manager's had like three heart surgeries because he didn't take care of himself when he was younger. Getting old, maybe a little bit because, you know, I got this gray hair and I got all these wrinkles. And, and I got to wear, the, wear these glasses so I could read stuff. But that, you know, old, that's fine. That's the part about being old. But I feel young. I feel, I feel like. God has given me my energy back to be who I need to be. So dying is, I, I have a plan. I have a 
he and I have a an, an agreement, a contract that you're not done till I say you're done. So you better get to what we had planned done before I decide to take you. All right. So. Well, you know, when you were talking about your dad, oh, it brought back tears to my eyes because I can remember the days I got to spend the whole day with my grandma when she passed away. And it was the most amazing day ever. And she would sit up, you know, because they had induced her so much because she was so in so much pain that she was like comatose. And she would sit up and she would raise her hands up like this. And my dad would go over and he would grab them and, and put them down and she'd slap him and that was not my grandma you know she didn't do that but um she kept doing that and then we finally realized what she was doing and my dad said oh she's reaching for my daddy's hand because he would always help her cross the creek and stuff and and so we knew that she was getting so much closer you know um because she just wanted to go home and it was that was the most amazing thing to watch and um it was an experience that I will never, ever forget. And it makes me long for the day that I get to go home. I am so excited about getting to go home. I really, really am. I don't, and I, I say this now, but I don't have a fear of, of dying. I don't want to die, you know, horribly or anything, but just to be able to get home and to see my father, because I know that when my father comes to the gate to get me, he's going to have my little girl in hand and to finally be able to meet her and to say that I'm sorry. And I can't wait to meet her. Right. So that's my excitement of being able to go home. You talk about grandmas, man, I had a, an awesome grandma. She was born back in the twenties and you know, the great depression times and stuff like that. Yep. And she had six kids and I told her one time, I was like, grandma, How'd you have so many kids? And she said, well, I said, well, the Great Depression, World War II, all that other stuff going yeah. on. And when did you have time? She goes, well, I didn't really have time. And it was always when I was uh, walking to bed, I'd trip over your grandpa's pants and I landed on <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. I didn't oh, know that aren't they sweet? Yeah, they're so sweet. And so the funny thing, my daughter was just born a couple of months before my grandma passed away. My grandma was in the hospital and we had this close connection that, I, that um, I just told her how I felt all the time. And mm -hmm. in all reality, I was her favorite grandchild and I was the youngest grandchild. I spent a lot of summers with her. So I'm 20, 26 years old, 20, yeah, 25 years old. And I was talking to her and, and she was in the hospital. And I said, grandma, let me ask you a question. Why are you here? And she was because I'm sick. That's why they brought me into the hospital. I said, no, 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 no. Why are you still alive? She was like, I don't know. The good Lord hadn't taken you yet. So I totally understand, but you're fighting. I said, you've lived through two husbands, your son, your grandchild. You're 81 years or 80 years old. What else do you have to live for? She says, well, you know, I... Just really haven't thought about it. I said, I hope I don't get your age that people stop coming to see me. I said, who calls you? Will you? Who comes and sees you? you? I said, when I was out of town all the time trying to pursue my comedy and acting career, 
Who would just call you out of the blue? You. He said, stop giving in. Just go home. Didn't think it was going to happen. Here's another thing. I tell someone to go to heaven and and poof. Yeah. On her 81st birthday, I got a phone call at 630 in the morning. I already knew. Nobody calls you that we we early in the morning just to say good morning. But I knew something happened. I wouldn't answer the phone. My mom was out of town. She was telling people to go by my house, knock on the door. I wouldn't answer the door. Um. I didn't want to know. Because then I was going to get mad at myself again for telling someone that I loved it was okay. Mm -hmm. And... I was back to square one of fighting with God because I was like, why are you letting people go that are important in my life that I love so deeply? So it, it, it hurt me. But then I realized, you know, <laughs> she's got the last laugh because she's looking down at me going, should have kept your big mouth shut. Shouldn't you? <laughs> but, so when I was going through this divorce with my ex-wife, I was not going to let my daughter live with her because that would have been another thing that would have tipped me over the edge of God letting someone that I love so deeply go. So I fought for full custody of her. So my message to you is always fight for the ones you love. Right. Even if you're, you're in, in a in and out relationship right now, always fight for them because in the long run, you're going to get old and you're going to need somebody to wipe your butt. Well, you know, Ron, um, for me personally, I've had to let go of a lot of people. I've had to put those boundaries in place because of the fact that, um, you know, when they come against you and they attack you, sometimes you just have to guard yourself. Right. And, and that's hard to do too, but that doesn't mean that they stop being my family. That doesn't mean that mom stops praying for them or grandma stops praying for them. I still fight for them. I just oh. can't do it. Yeah, but I just can't do it, you know, in a, in a different way. But, yeah. yeah, you do. You do. You fight for them because, you know, when they're your children or your grandchildren or whatever, that's a part of you. It, it is. It really, really is. And so, yeah, you do. Powerful. Honey, it's been awesome having you on the show today. Oh, well, thank you, Ron. It's been fun being with you. You know, just... Just sitting down, shooting it, just having a great time, having a great conversation. Um, I'm happy that you're coming to uh, the Thank Bob you. City Leadership mm-hmm. Conference. Uh, Amarillo is going to open their arms and and welcome you in. And it's been a it's been a blast having you on the show, and it's been a great honor to have you in the presence and everything. So, let people know how they can reach you. Give them your website and and how they can touch base with you if they're having problems themselves. And ladies. This is for you. This yeah. is a lady that you can listen to. Go ahead. Yeah, it's TawnyLeeBooks.com, and that's my new one. Um, TawnyLee.com is the other website, and I'm so excited to have my new website up um, because in it also is my books. Uh, you can contact me for the coaching, and I am on social media everywhere. And when she says everywhere, she means everywhere. Yeah. Facebook, LinkedIn. I mean, I can't put a post up. And she's not liking it within seconds later. So she she's a huge supporter. 
I'm glad to have her at the event. And ladies and gentlemen, these are my people, Bomb City Leadership Growth Conference. Yeah. 10th and 11th. Great lineup right there. Can't be any happier. Honey, thank you very much for everything. Thank you, Ron. It's going to be amazing. We should have just had our teas. We should. Oh, wait, hold on. I do have my tea. I do have my tea. Thank you very much. You have a blessed day, okay? You awesome. Thanks for coming.